Hello everybody out there. Happy Friday. Guess what time it is? It's time for another episode of the Talk That Talk show with me, Barry Holmes. And thank you everyone who's always tuned in each week. This is a especially, how can I say, just a special episode for me tonight because this marks the one year anniversary from when I first started this Talk That Talk show. Um, just to even think now that we're at, what, 44 episodes, you know, in a year. Um, we've eclipsed over 18,000 views across Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. Um, we have our YouTube channel now, which is gaining some traction. Um, we got people like John Zapata. Shout out to you, John Zapata. We're going to have some UFC talk for you, so I hope you're ready. But, you know, we have loyal listeners like John Zapata who turn in each and every week. And for some people, this show is for them that, that ride up to work. Or that ride home for work, they have something to listen to. For some people, this is a talking point, you know, for people that don't really have something to talk about as far as sports or, you know, different things that happen in society and culture. So for me to be able to have this platform to not only tell people about who I am, but also to bring some people on that I'm friends with and that I encounter on my regular life, you know. Um, this show has started out, you know, we started out just doing sports. Um, you know, doing different recaps and everything, but you know, I hate to sound redundant, but now we have transcended to a you know a point now where we have different people on the show that have totally different perspectives, and you know, just to be completely reflective, I mean, it's just so awesome. I feel like I get those tingly feelings, or I get that that goosebumps before showtime, still like I did on episode one. So it's just you know everyone out there that continues to tune in each and every week. That you know continues to have me come out here and push great content. Um, we want to give a special shout out to our sponsors, VW Liquors, located in Wick Plaza, Edison, New Jersey, uh, Executive Bar and Restaurant, located in Carteret, New Jersey, and then also to my boy Cody Bromley at 91s.com, who has some of the best acid wash apparel in the game. And also, I was asked by uh, also our unofficial sponsor, I guess you can say, but uh, my boy Zeeshawn Abbas who is somebody that has for 44 episodes given us a consistent new beat each and every week. All the music that you hear on this episodes all come from Zeeshawn Abbas. So definitely want to give you a big shout out, bro. But um, before we bring in our first guest, I want to talk about something that Zeeshawn is doing and something that I really, um, I'm really proud of him for. So for all the people that don't, that don't know, you know, his Instagram is underscore underscore vitamin Z. All right. And one of the projects that he's working on is that he's going to have uh, sneaker donations. He's looking for all different types of sneakers, right? Um, he's looking for basketball sneakers, tennis sneakers, uh, running sneakers, whatever sneakers that you have that you may not be using. Zeeshawn is going to try and collect all of those so they can give those to some of the underprivileged kids across America and in other countries. So uh, he actually put it in the chat. It's going to be vitamin underscore underscore z all right so hit him up on instagram if you have any shoes that you want to donate 
Um, again, we talk about this show and what we've grown into now, and this is a platform for you know a lot of people that are doing positive things. You know, um, one of the things that Andrew Disney said on the last episode is you know to live the to to live a life is a life with purpose, right? So you know, I just want to continue to highlight people out there that are trying to bring meaning and trying to bring purpose to other people's lives outside of their own. So thank you so much, Zeeshaw the Boss, for what you do each and every week by providing me a beat. And then also pushing me to continue to make great content. And I, I, I see what you're doing out there. And anybody that has those sneaker donations, please hit him up on Instagram, vitamin underscore underscore Z. And he's going to try and get those you know sneakers out to some of those underprivileged kids out there. So big shout out to you, bro. So without further ado, for a lot of people who are excited to know, what, who is he going to have on the show today? It's Friday night. You know, you're snugged into your couch, you're ready to go. Who, who do I got? Well, I got one of my best friends coming here on the show. Um, we're, we're Xbox guys. We're not PS4 guys, all right? You can, it's, it, throughout the day, you know, you go through work and you're like, oh my God, what am I going to do? But it's like, once you put those headphones on, I, I'm right in the world with my homie, man. So even though I might not see him every single day, we're chilling every single day because we're on that Xbox. Whether we're playing 2K or PUBG, if I can get him to play. So without further ado, I want to bring my really good friend here on the show. Please, everybody out there, give a big warm welcome for Robin Santiago! My boy, my boy. <laughs> What's Is going the mic on? right there? What up, what up, what up? How you feeling today, Rob? I'm good, I'm good. You know, it's Friday. Uh-huh. Stage house later. Okay, we might have to hit that. Up. I might have to change my t-shirt because I'm not exactly as formal enough. But, you know, how you feeling today so far? I'm good, man. man. I'm good. Blessed, you know. We're here, breathing. It's another day. It might be a little rainy outside, but it's all good. I, mean, it's I tell you what, nothing you, to complain about. You're a pretty special guy to land a, 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 a spot here on the first anniversary Jeez. year episode. I man. appreciate that. By the way, big big congratulations. Thanks. One year, huh? <laughs> Let's get it. You've come a long way, man. So that's now. That's is really this dope. a show? Is this a podcast that you you know listen to often? Or? Yeah, I mean, um, I work at nights, mm -hmm. so um. I'm in the truck driving all day. I just throw in an AirPod real quick and, yep. and just zone out, listen to you, because I don't have to listen to the guy next to me. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I think it's really awesome because I feel like for all those people out there, I don't know if you guys have your own um, Instagram chats or you have your own Facebook groups or, you know, those little group chats that you have. But, you know, every time Rob is telling me about different topics that he wants to hear about and, you know, different things that he's heard on the show that he liked and some things that he does want to hear. So, you know, from somebody that, you know, and he was one of the first people that really, how could I say, out of my friends group that was constantly talking about podcasting, podcasts. So, like, you know, aside from this show, what are some other, like, you know, podcasts that you're listening to out there? Um, I'm a huge fan of Joe Rogan. Okay, the Joe, Joe Rogan's Rogan. Joe my yeah. guy. Um, I'm listening to Stephen A. Okay. On the daily. Um, and some of those, like, uh, forensic file type shows really? and stuff. Like, yeah, I get into those. It's just to kill time, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? It just gives me something to listen to. Um, a lot of crazy stories. But, um, yeah, the podcast, a lot of sports stuff, a lot of sports stuff, definitely. And the thing is, you know, in having, you know, those different podcasts that you listen to, it's kind of funny to like, it's almost like you have 
like it's almost like a a, a new age newspaper, right? Because you know when you go through a newspaper, you're looking through, you're sifting through. But I mean, how many people really you know read magazines anymore now? So you know, for a lot of people, podcasting is the way that you're getting your information. 100%. And one of the things that uh, I definitely wanted to talk or bring up to you is that. One of the things that's one of the hugest things that's going around, I don't care whether you're in New Jersey, California, Texas, but everybody's talking about this coronavirus thing. And, you know. Wash your hands, wash your hands. <laughs> wash your hands, right? <laughs> but I want to tell you about just the reach that this is having, right? So here you have um, Keen, the softball team, right? The Keen softball team. And they were supposed to have a trip to go out to, you know, Florida to play a softball game. But now. They actually canceled all traveling for the year for the athletics program because people are so worried about this coronavirus. So I guess my question to you is having heard that, like, at what point do you feel like, it? you know, are we being too preventative for this coronavirus? Or is this something that we really should be stopping all traveling for and it's just as big as we think it is? Um, yeah, I think I think I think it is. I think it is a big deal. Um, you know, when you look at what? A hundred thousand people who've caught it, maybe a little less or so. Five thousand damn near people died. You know what I mean? So, Grant, just losing one life to a virus, you know, it, it starts to add up. In Jersey, just in one day, you know, I see on my newsfeed like three or four different times someone's already died, or you yeah. know, it's 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 moving fast. It's spreading like crazy. You know, it's definitely something to be concerned about. I wouldn't. Um, treat it like you know some bullshit like yeah it. yeah you know if i'm going to the airport i'm probably going to put a mask on like oh, i'm oh, not you're be one of yeah 100 <laughs> you know i'm not uh, playing around with that stuff i will say um not to be you know call it a spade a spade but a lot of times when we're on the subway you usually see the asian people are the ones that have you know the face mask but now what we start to see when i've been traveling is you start to see a lot more people that are using these face masks mm -hmm. and are using different things. I saw somebody had a tubbleware on their head, which was kind of <laughs> ridiculous. But, you know, what preventative measures have you taken now that we have this coronavirus um, out there? Really, it's airborne. So it's it's hard to, uh, I guess, to stop the spread. But, I mean, the biggest thing is just cleanliness. Yeah. If you're washing your hands, you know, taking a shower, whatever the case may be, it's just, it, there's no other, I don't, I don't know, any other way to try and, you know what I mean? You just got to get these germs off of you. That's the biggest thing. My kid goes to school, you know what I mean? So it's like, they're talking about making school all online if it gets, like, too serious. And that's oh, across man. the nation. So it's like, it is a big deal, you know what I mean? And it, and it could spread that easy. You know, one kid has it. Now, I think I even read on my way here, actually, um, someone transferred it to their pet. So, really? Yeah, so... Even dogs are getting it now, so it, it can spread that much that that easy. It's and it is crazy, man. Because I, I remember we had a conversation, or I don't know who it was with, but you know, for a lot of people, those preventative measures are things that we should do every day, right? Like just you washing your hands, wash just your being hands. a clean person, being a, a normal human being, right? But I, I can tell you how many times we're at the bowling alley and you go to the bathroom. And you see someone just walk right out without washing their hands. I'm like, dog, oh, you yeah, got coronavirus, man. man. What's up with you, man? So, chill out, chill it, out. You know, it, it's, it's crazy just to think that, you know, in a times, you know, where you're having this coronavirus that's going around that you can have some people that are so up in arms that you're going to stop athletics or stop the traveling. Then you have some people that are still pissing without washing their hands, you know? So it's, it's crazy to see the, the disparity here, but... You know, one of the things that I wanted to ask you too is that, 
you know, you have, you know, I just want to say big congratulations because you just had your second daughter. Thank you, so thank congratulations you, thank you, thank you, thank you, to that. Thank you. Um, you know, how does it feel to be, you know, a young father out here, man? How does it feel? Um, it's cool. You know, it, it puts a smile on my face. My kids are my life, you know, yes. so um, it's a, you never thought you'd have a love, you know, for anything. Mm -hmm. So once you have a kid, man, it's a game changer. <laughs> I can't stop working until I'm old, but you know it's all good. It's all out of love, man. And I, and I and I one of the things that I, I know a lot of people do know is that you know I love children. You know I work with a nonprofit that services children. So you know, like you said, putting a smile on their face or having a reason, you know, every morning. I mean, I can't tell you how big that is. So like, you know, for you, what point was it at there where you were like, you know, I know that I want to be a father, and I know I'll be a great father. Um. I met a good girl, you know what okay. I mean? Shout out I met to a, Ashley. Big shout out, big shout out. Um, there's so many crazy girls out here, man, and <laughs> I kind of got lucky. I met my girl back in high school, and we've been together since, but, uh, you know, I'm not going to just have no kids with some random chick. I, I, you know, I got a girl who's a nurse, you know, mm -hmm. has her shit together, so mm -hmm. it's like, why not? You know what I mean? Why not have them young, get it out the way? So mm -hmm. when I'm in my 40s, I could go have fun, you know? Yeah, man. It just happened almost in a sense, you know what I mean? It's like, I didn't know I was ready until I saw her face. Mm. And then I was like, all right, you know, this is life now, you oh, know what man. I mean? It's, 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 it's an amazing feeling, one I can't describe. That's awesome, Rob. And, you know, a lot of times we even talk about sometimes, how could I say it? That you have people that have children, but that doesn't necessarily make them fathers, you know? So, like, I guess, you know, my thing or my question to you is just, like, you know, for you, how, how do you continue to try and be a better father each and every day, you know, so that you can give your kids, you know, the best life that they can, you know? I just, uh... I don't know. It's weird. It's one of those things where, you know, I see my kids... Well, I have a two-week-old and a four-year-old. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, I'll see my daughter and, you know, maybe she'll be drawing or something and, you know, I'll, I'll step away from the game and, like, just go give her some time, you know what I mean? Or whatever the case is, just that little bit of time goes a long way, you know? I give, take my, I took my daughter to the trampoline park and the rest of the mm. night she was all over me, you know? <laughs> that was what it was all for because yeah. I wanted those cuddles later, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. so, you know, it's just, like, it's just the little things, you know? It's, the kids aren't, aren't difficult. They're mm -hmm. very easy to make happy. You feed them and play with them, and, and they're good. You know what I mean? And just a little bit of attention is all they need. So that was one thing that, you know, I, I learned growing up mm -hmm. with my parents working so much. You know, I always was looking for someone to show me some love. That with my kid, I'm like, any chance I get, you know, yeah. where do, what do you want to do? Where are we going? What are we playing? We'll be, we'll be on the <laughs> Xbox of like, Hudson, Hudson, <laughs> I love you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? For real. Like, that, that, that's the things that, that makes me, me happy when I'm on the box with them. <laughs> and um, I guess like another thing that I wanted to ask you too is I know you were big in sports. You know, you played football at Edison High. Um, you yes. played, you know, track. You ran track uh, with Dutch. Shout out to Dutch over there. Big Dutch. But um, I guess my question to you is, you know, how important do you think is it now to, you know, have your kids? Are you going to have them come into sports? Or? Oh, 100%. Yeah. Um, um, I'm actually signing up my kid for soccer. First oh, okay. year. Yeah. All so right, she's right, getting right, into shot, soccer. Right, you, know, you know, she wants to uh, take after. I have a little sister who's, who's pretty good at soccer and basketball and, uh, mm -hmm. 
you know, we take my little one to the games and now she's like, I want to play soccer and basketball too. Mm. So it's like, cool, sign them up. You know, let's, yeah. the minute I heard she wants to play, I'm like, you heard that. You know what I mean? <laughs> you going to be playing. Yeah, you going you going to play. We going to play. <laughs> mm -hmm. So um yeah, you know, it's 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 I, I wasn't trying to be pushy about it. You mm -hmm. know, um I introduced her to a ball and then she just liked it. So it was like, okay, cool. Let's try it. And she was you know, she was doing the swim thing for a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um but, you know, seeing her aunt play soccer and, you know, my her aunt's pretty good. <laughs> Not <laughs> to like brag. My little sister is nice, but um but yeah, you know, seeing her play, she just she was all over it. So it's like, why not sign her up? You know, if she wants to play, let's do it. And I think that's the big thing that you said too, Rob, is just not forcing something. I I can definitely recall a, a story where, you know, my dad he was huge on baseball for us, right? And he he was really trying to push us to play. And I remember Tyree, my brother, he wanted him to play baseball. And it just wasn't something that Tyree wanted, man. And I remember recall one time my dad was throwing a batting practice and he hit Tyree. Tyree dropped the bat. He said, that's it. I'm done. <laughs> Never played baseball again. So I think the craziest thing that you say, though, is like, you know, not forcing it on your, your, your kids. And that's a big thing. So I, uh, another question I have for you, too, is that, you know, I know the big thing with Kobe, you know, Kobe passing, but, you know, in his passing, we've had a, a big resurgence of, you know, fathers that are just happy to have girls, you know, and, and, and have a girl as a, uh, as a daughter, as your you know, child. So, you know, explain what does it mean to you to, to be a girl dad now that you have two daughters? It's like you got to be on your A game times 100. <laughs> because, like, the, the minute you're ready to go do some, some guy thing, you're like, you know what? I got daughters. Let me chill. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't want no one to do this to my kids or whatever the case may be. So it's just like, it, it just puts that thought in your head like, karma might come back to haunt you. You know what I mean? Let's yeah. let's let's do the right thing here and just, you know, girl dads, man. It's, <laughs> well, hey, you're, I you're, think about it all the time. I'm like, damn. I'm a girl dad. <laughs> I'm a girl dad. <laughs> He's like, yo, what did yeah, I do all this you know time? What I mean? <laughs> it is what it is. But you know what? You're you're a great father, Rob, and that's part of the like I said, a huge reason why I wanted to have you on this show is because again, you have people that have children, but you know, are they real parents? And you know, you're somebody that I look up to in the sense that you know you are exactly what a father's supposed to be you care about your kids you know you're trying to get them in different things and and you know that that's what something i look up to for sure man and hopefully if i get that chance that i can be you know half the dad that you are man you you're know good. that means you're a good. lot you got it you got it yeah but um i gotta ask you is does this mean that your kids are gonna be laker fans now oh of course <laughs> are they gonna be of laker course fans? they're already getting groomed into it oh, you know they're already man. getting nice and groomed into the golden purple man hey Let's let's shout out John Sapata here, Erica Julin, uh, Richard N. G. Andrew Disney, Robert. Risco, big ups, big ups, big ups. Naya, Naya Santiago, not your sister. Hey. Right? <laughs> uh, have the same name. Rebecca, Sarah, Courtney Featherman, Eric Mahoney, Rick Chinaki, uh, Jared Kane. We got so many people here on the Facebook live stream. So thank you so much for tuning in, and for everybody else that will be tuning in soon. So. Um, Definitely got to ask you, since they're going to be Laker fans, and I know you're one of the biggest Laker yeah, fans baby. out there. How do you feel about this Laker team, and do you think that they're going to make it to the NBA Finals? Put me on the spot. I, I got to ask you, man. You know, as a Laker fan, I want to say we're going to win it. You okay. know, I want to say we got this. You know, we're in first place in the West. 
but those Clippers are scary, and yeah. those Bucks are pretty scary too, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's like my biggest thing with my Lakers is uh, when LeBron leaves the court. What happens? It's so different, man. Yeah. The team is like a shell of themselves without him. So it's like hopefully this Deion Waiter signing helps um, yeah. a little bit, you mm-hmm. know, at least maybe you can give us nine, ten minutes off the be- off, off off the bench and and do something nice for us, but. Uh, my biggest thing is what are we going to do when LeBron James needs his five minutes of break? You know and what I mean? That's big because in the postseason, a lot of times they run LeBron to the ground. And then when you're running him 38 minutes or you know 40 minutes if it's an extended game, I mean, now you're talking about those injury issues. And we saw that LeBron missed so much time last year. Mm-hmm. But that can only speak to the resurgence that he's had this year, man. I mean, MVP. The Lakers, Caliber, caliber. You know, he's at that level. He's right there. You must have done your homework, man, because I was going to ask you, you know, do you think LeBron, a lot of people are saying Giannis is the MVP. Do you see LeBron as our league's MVP right now? Um, It's definitely a close race. Mm-hmm. It's definitely a close race. Um, Giannis is, is so different, man. He, he He's yeah. so powerful, long and athletic. It's, it's, it's like almost impossible to stop. Yeah, you know, you have to throw two, three bodies at him to try and stop him sometimes, and that just leaves guys like Chris Middleton wide open. Mm-hmm. But um, he's been doing that all year. But LeBron in year seventeen, man, and still elite, elite leading the league, man. Like assists, assist? yeah. Oh my gosh, he just had bro. another triple double the other day. Mm-hmm. Um, he's balling, you know, and he's balling, and the the Lakers are you know second in the NBA because of it. Um, and I think um, you know, no other team. No other team has a, you know, when their star player comes out, mm-hmm. is that much different, you know? So that just shows you his worth right there alone. And he's been doing this consistently every single year. 17 years, Every man. single year. And, and I know we're going to put him in, and I know we've, you know, had those conversations, who do you want, LeBron or Kobe, or it becomes LeBron or MJ. But, you know, I can only speak from what I've seen. And one of my, you know, favorite LeBron highlights is when I think they were playing against Detroit. And he rallied off. It was something crazy, like 20-something straight points to end the fourth quarter and then to go into overtime. So I remember people saying that the knock on him was that he wasn't clutch. But we've seen so many times that, you know, this guy is clutch. I mean, bringing a championship to Miami, coming back to Cleveland, bringing a chip to Cleveland, and now bringing the Lakers back to where they were a laughingstock. You know? They were a laughingstock right next to my Knicks. So, you know, how how, how did you feel or, you know, when you got LeBron James on the Lakers. Like, as a Laker fan, like, how did you feel about that, man? I'm not going to lie. Before LeBron was a Laker fan, mm-hmm. I'm a huge, huge Kobe fan. Okay. So before he was a Laker fan, it was like, no one's better than Kobe. It's Kobe and MJ, and that's it. Mm-hmm. But then LeBron came to the Lakers, and I'm like, <laughs> you know, we got room for a third goat over yeah. here. You know what I mean? So it's like, honestly, uh, I mean, just look at last year. You know, we almost made the playoffs if he didn't get hurt. Yeah. We would have probably got in. It wouldn't as have been AC, as an AC, but one man, one man army. You know, taking another team to the playoffs, mm-hmm. and and then now with with Anthony Davis. Um, it feels good to be a Laker fan because yeah. the last like nine or ten years, you know, all my boys have been getting on me. You know, let's go with them. You know, yeah, they're, pu- they're, they're back. Terrible. Yeah. They've been they've been pretty awful. So to see them back where we belong, mm-hmm. where we belong. All right, <laughs> I, I at mean, the top. <laughs> I have to say the NBA is good when the Knicks are good. I mean, it has been a while, but it's also good when the Lakers are good. I mean, you have these traditional franchises. And, you know, these are the franchises that push, you know, those new, ge- those, you know, old generation fans, you know. Um, I feel like a lot of times, too, 
you have people like you said as yourself originally that are fans of Kobe, or you might be a fan of LeBron. You know, for you, do you see more so that people are fans of teams, or do you think that they're more so just fans of players nowadays? Um, I think with the casual fan, mm-hmm. they're more they're more uh they're, they're 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 more loyal to the player rather than the team um but for your hardcore fan i think it's all about the team oh yeah you know you know without kobe kobe could have went to the bobcats again you know what i mean and and i'm still a laker fan lebron could have came and went it's lakers all day you know what i mean and it's just i think for a casual fan yeah it's cool you know Oh, Damian Lillard's going off this year. Let me like him. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. But um, I think for the for the for for a hardcore fan, it's definitely the team. It's definitely the team. Well, we have Reese here on the Facebook live stream, and he said that you know think people are more so now fans of players, and I have to agree with Reese on that one because you know I can look no further than my mom, who you know she's a fan. She used to be a fan of Rasheed Wallace, so for a little time she's a Blazers fan. Mm-hmm. Then she liked Blake Griffin. She became you know a Clippers the fan Clippers. for a little bit. <laughs> now I don't know what team she likes. You know, so again, you know, even for like you know older women or you know younger generations who you know people that like Steph Curry. But once Steph Curry's been out, how many you know Warriors jerseys? Where have we they seen? all go? You know yeah, what I mean? So, so it's like it's that that fan of those players, man. But I think one way to kind of focus and you know, our younger generation has kind of also shifted from, you know, liking just traditional sports as the NBA, NFL, and baseball. And now we have people that are a fan of, like, UFC and boxing and those contact sports now. Mm-hmm. And one of the big fights that I know a lot of us have been waiting for oh, yeah. is that uh, Israel Adesanya fight oh, yeah. versus Yoel Romero. Oh, so yeah. I know, hey, and I- I'll let everybody in on a secret. Um, you know, a lot of times... When we're, you know, watching fights, we'll have a fight party either at my house or it'll be at Rob's house or we might go to Antoine's house. Shout out to Antoine Jefferson and Cuzzo, maybe that's listening. Big Cuz. But, uh, <laughs> you know, we, we, people were saying Antoine looked like LeBron when we were in, like, eighth grade. <laughs> like, even, he's been getting the LeBron Yo, treatment for a while. Big LeBron over there, huh? Right? But, <laughs> but, yeah, you know, a lot of people are fans of MMA now. So, you know, I have to get your take on this. I'm sure John Zapata is going to put in the Facebook live stream who he's a fan of but you know who are you a fan of right now as far as in this fight between Israel Adesanya and Yoel Romero who do you got that's I've, I've been thinking that myself um I think I'm gonna go with the champ okay Adesanya yeah I think I'm gonna go with the champ um but Yoel's a beast yeah, I mean, you they look call at him that the soldier of God. I mean, you don't just get that nickname, yeah. you know, the soldier of God, man. Like, that, mean, that man is built like a god. Have you seen him? He's he's insane. Yeah, yeah. he's I insane. Mean, he's, he, I mean, he's huge paws. <laughs> Big paws. <butt>. Big paws. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think the one thing that's going to come down to is just if, you know, Romero can really get inside on Adesanya, because I think for a lot of opponents, what we see is that Adesanya will tire you, you know? He's going to constantly have those feet moving, and he's going to keep his hands going. He's a very mm-hmm. active fighter. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, how do you think if Romero's going to win this fight, how do you think he's going to be able to counteract that, man? 
Well, that, that's what makes this fight so crazy. Cause, mm-hmm. cause when he's going toe for toe with you, you don't want to. You don't. No one. You. Everyone's scared of Yoel Ramirez for a reason. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? The guy's a beast. So when he throws those hands, those those kicks, those things got some sting to him. You know what I mean? Yeah. But his biggest thing, I think, he's gonna have to probably get inside. Yeah. I think he's gonna have to get inside. Maybe try and I don't know if he's gonna want to go to the ground like that. You know, they seem to want to. You know, go blow for blow. But I think he's gonna have to get close because of that reach. That Adesanya has very underestimated. That, very that reach is crazy. You look at his arms and they're long. You know, they're, those arms are long. So it's like, I was watching some highlights yesterday and, and you just see him tagging people where they can't even reach him and he's putting them on the ground. So, yeah. um, Yoel Ramirez being a little smaller, a little bit uh, less of a reach advantage, I think he needs to get inside for sure yeah. if he wants a chance. Besides that, he's going to get eaten up, I think. And, and that's <laughs> the biggest thing for me is that you know, Yoel Romero has to defend himself. I think in the last fight where we saw against Costa, you know, he's out here worried about, ah, sticking mm-hmm, his tongue out mm-hmm. and stuff. And I don't really think he took that fight serious. So, you know, I'm very interested to see if Yoel Romero can defend himself because a lot of times he was fighting that guy Costa and he had his hands down. And he just wasn't, he just didn't seem like he was ready, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. But like you said, when the soldier of God is looking like he's ready and engaged, I mean... <sighs> It, it, it could be devastating. It's scary. But again, what John Zapata says is that, you know, Yorel Merrill doesn't have the footwork. And that's kind of the thing that we've seen with Ariel Adesanya is that he has the footwork to not only change stances on you, but get you to the ground right after he might have hooked you, you know? Well, they call him the style bender for a reason, right? Style bender, <laughs> right? <laughs> that man, can, he, he, he's, he, he's crazy. Yeah. It, 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 he's doing all types of crazy stuff. It's... He he can he can take you down in any you know from any position. That man's a beast. That's why uh, yeah. I mean my money's my money's on Adesanya for sure. Man, well I know we talked about a little bit of basketball. We talked about some UFC. Um, I definitely want to ask you before I you know have you close out here is you know we have baseball that's coming up. And we've had the whole thing about the side. Uh, well, you know, he's a Yankee, but he's a Bronx bomber guy. I don't know. I don't know how we let him in the house, you know, but we'll, we'll let him rock. But, you know, how do you feel about your Yankees? And then also, you know, I definitely wanted to ask you, too, also is that, like, you know, with this whole sign-stealing thing that's kind of, like, happened, do you think that this is something now that we're going to have to think about, like in this season? Or, you know, are teams going to get even more advanced to where this is even going to still be a problem? I don't think so. I think um, um, the the commissioner and everybody, I think the backlash they're getting from the players, I don't know if you've, you've obviously. Oh, I, they've been beating them all time in, in uh, any chance they get. training, yeah. Any chance they get, they're 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 bashing the the moves that were made. So. And for people that don't know what beating is, that means when you intentionally hit the batter. Right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, what's his name? The second baseman, this guy. Oh, uh, Jose Altuve? He got beamed his, his first pitch. Yeah, yeah the first man. pitch. I mean, this is what happens when you're the poster boy and you're running to go to first base and you're holding your shirt because you know? of a tattoo, man. Come on, I think man. that's a little... Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. That, t- that tattoo ain't going anywhere, you know what I mean? Yeah, it was such a terrible <laughs> cover-up, man. Do you think that maybe the Astros should vacate that? Because, I mean, think about it. Your Yankees lost to the Astros. Yeah, and, and, and Judge lost his MVP. To Altuve that year, yeah. um, it it bothers me. Um, definitely, do I think like the you know, I think Rob Manfred, whatever he um, mm-hmm. he he gave pardon to the players. Um, 
all the players were in on it. You know what I mean? I think um, the entire the entire team. It's it's hard to put a it's hard to take away a championship, yeah. you know, because um, who knows what could have happened even without them signing uh, stealing signs. What I do know is that every time they were away, they stunk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's you a know, fact. That's every a time fact. they were away, they stunk. So it's one of those things where like. I'm upset, but I don't know how I feel about. Um, I'm kind of on the on the fence how I feel if like they should be vacated or not. Um, it definitely sucks um, as a Yankee fan because that was that that looked like it could have been our year. You oh, know? Yeah, I mean that was what Aaron Judge's rookie year, and he had what 50 dingers. I mean that that's an unmatched season, mm-hmm. man. But um, you know, I definitely how because I just want to thank you for being here on this show, man. Um, like I said. You're one of my really good friends, Rob. Um, Thank you, know, you for having me. Thank I've you. I've known for you for a long time. You know, we've been playing Xbox since we were, you know, jits, right? <laughs> you know, we've been playing it for a long time. So, for you. you know, for having this one year anniversary show, you know, I thought it was very important to have you on this show, man. Thank you. And thank you. I definitely want to thank you. And, you know, before you close out, is there anything you want to tell anybody out there before you go? Go Jets. <laughs> yeah. That's the only thing that he has to say is go Jets. That's well, it, baby. On that note, thank you so much for coming here on the show, Rob. It's Santiago. Go Jets. Uh, you can get yourself a beer out of the fridge. Um, Tyree, are, are we going to pour up some shots of Doucet here? Should we pour up some shots here? Yeah, pour those shots up. Because you know why? We got to bring our next sh- guest on the show. This guy right here. He is one of my really good friends here in the bowling alley. I've known him since he was a kid, you know? And to now see him as somebody that I look up to in the bowling alley, yes. I got to bring this guy on the show. Please, everyone, give a warm welcome for the guy who has the freaking belt. Give it up for Chris Shea Jr. UVA welterweight. Northeast champion, man. Uh, Show everybody what that belt look like, man. Show everybody what that belt look uh, like, man. Oh, man. It look like, oh, it's it's so heavy, man. It's so heavy. Thanks for having me. How how are you feeling today, Chris, now that you're on the show, man? I'm feeling good, man. It's uh, humble to be here. Appreciate appreciate the invite. Oh, man. And and for everybody that doesn't know, Chris is a huge bowler, you know, in our community. You know, he's somebody that can strike. He's the man. And and one of, and a lot of times when you have with bowlers, you know, have def, very different personalities. And you might have some people that don't talk much. You have some people that don't shut up, you know. But Chris has been always somebody that's been very humble. And the real reason why I brought him on this show, everyone out there, is Chris shot his first Perfect game last Saturday. Yes, Shot his first yes, 300. Yes, you know, um, what was going through your mind that night when, you know, Whew. you got that 300, that perfect game, man? Uh, at what point? <laughs> In the ninth frame, after you just hit that ninth strike in a row, what, were you, what was going through your mind, man? Don't choke. <laughs> That's about it. Honestly, uh, I mean, I wanted it for a long time, obviously, but uh, it was more along lines of finish the game. Uh, I've been struggling for pretty much all year, finishing in the 10th. And I was just like, yo, I got to finish in the 10th, bro. Like, my dad's there. People that watched me grow up since I was a kid's there. Like, I got to I gotta finish in the 10th. Like, mm. that's all that was on my mind. And everybody 
that's out there. He finished in the 10th. Yes, and when I tell you, the, the whole bowl of an alley almost felt like it was shaking because everybody was just so happy for him. I was supposed to go up. I put my ball down. I didn't even care if I had to shoot next. I said, I'm going over to his lane. I'm giving this guy a big hug, man. Appreciate and it. Appreciate as I was on my way over there, you know, one of the things that kind of touched me was the fact that, you know, you were you were you were embraced with your father and you guys were tearing like what were you did you guys say anything to each other in that moment or was it just like just embracing? Uh now nah, you said he was proud of me. Um uh man, don't do that to me. <laughs> uh now nah, you said he was proud of me and all and you know what I'm saying uh he, he knows I worked hard for it, you know what I'm saying? He's my idol on the lane, so it meant a lot for me to have him there. Now, b- besides him being my father, he's my idol. So it meant it meant a lot. And, you know, for me, one of the things that I value so much is the fact that I get to go out on Wednesday and Thursday night and I get to bowl with my father, man. And for a lot of people that bowl, they don't really get that opportunity, right? So, like, can you just talk about what it means to just go out there and compete with your father? Uh, it, it's a little different than you because I, I bowl against my dad. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, like, last year is the first time we got uh, we matched up against each other and, you know, I beat him. I shot two seventy on two seventy nine on him last year. Oh man! Uh, this year he he definitely uh did the reverse and and got me pretty good. I bowled terrible against him this year, <laughs> um. But you know, definitely in the future, very soon I'm gonna be bowling with him. Um, besides just the UBA and league and stuff, you know, and that's something I wanted for a long time to just bowl with my dad and stuff. So that's gonna mean a lot to me. And, you know, one of the things that you also talked about, too, is the fact that, you know, you have those idols in the bowling alley, those people that you look up to, you know, um, for for someone to be your idol or for someone to, you know, it's not necessarily maybe the best bowler, right? So, like, what is your criteria as someone that you look up to in the bowling alley? What does that person need to check off for you? Um, it's, it, for me, it's more along the lines of the people I watched, but for sure someone who's humble. Um, someone who's come up from, you know, not being so good and became great. Um, someone who puts the time in, um, excuse me, uh, someone who's just loves the game as much as my, as I do is probably the most that I, that I makes me, motivates me, mm-hmm. uh, from people, from my dad to Mark Clark to Joel. Um, they, those are people that I grew up watching, not only because they bowled with my dad, but because they have such a love for the game and. I do too, so it means a lot to me. Yeah, and you know, one of the, the, the my father is also one of my idols, and you know, one of the things that we're you know constantly conflicting with, or you know, different bowlers in the bowling alley, is that some people like when you celebrate, hmm. and then you have some people that are like, why is he being so loud, right? And I know me and you are kind of similar to that, but yeah. we're feeling like, let's go, right? Yeah. So like. You know, how do you try to find that balance of, like, when I should get loud or when it's just like, all right, I'm just doing some regular degular stuff? Uh, for me, it's uh, I get loud when I need it. Uh-huh. Um, if I if I need to come in clutch and strike and I do, I'm going to get loud. Otherwise, I'm humble. You know, me, like, my UBA name is Shh. Um, <laughs> I, I, like, I like to be quiet. I bowl my game. And, you know, those times where I come in clutch or those times where I needed something and I get it, I get loud. Mm. And... I, for, I know for a lot of people, like we said, my man has the belt here. He's yes, got sir. this big, you, we, we talked about UFC before, but I mean, for people that don't know, this is a very huge thing to have this belt here. So I think it would be very informative or be very helpful for a lot of people to, to kind of tell them, you know, what is the UBA? So can you give us a little bit like, what is the UBA? Okay, so uh, 
basketball, you have AAU. Mm-hmm. You know, you have travel, FBU, and football. Uh, UBA is pretty much that for uh, bowlers. It's a underground bowling association. Um, I besides the fact that you get get to meet bowlers from all over the you know tri-state, South Carolina, North Carolina, Georgia, as far as Georgia, all the way up to Connecticut, and sometimes even further. Uh, this the UBA is created something where all all your different type of bowlers, different styles, trash talkers. Um, we have our own lingo, like you know. <laughs> what I'm saying uh, it comes from the UBA. Hold like, up, hold up, hold up. There's a big six. <laughs> like yeah, yeah. all that, it, it created something beautiful for the bowling community. So it's uh, it's it's really dope. Now, you know, having been in the UBA. Um, there's these different matches that you have, and somehow you got this big belt, right? Yes, sir. So what? How did you get this belt, and what does this belt mean? All right, so I'm in the World Championship Series. Okay. Um, so pretty much at Battle Bowl, which is uh, the Northeast big tournament for uh, UBA. You have all different type of events there. Uh, it was held in Delaware this year. You pay your $10 fee, and you qualify. Um so, welterweight, the division I'm in, is for people who average 199 and under. And at the time, my entering average was I got to tell you a funny story about this, too. Because when I first found out that he was the welterweight champ, <laughs> the first thing I wanted to do was tell my dad. I was like, yo, dad, he's the welterweight bowling champ. And my dad's like, they put you on the scale? <laughs> <laughs> so, it was like the funniest thing in the world. So, I'm sorry. But I thought that was a funny. But yeah. <laughs> he's like, yo. He's the welterweight champ. Like, do they have to put him on the scale? Like, do they weigh these bowlers? But yeah, so the welterweight means you're you're in between what two hundred five? No, no, uh, one ninety five and uh, one ninety nine and under. Okay. Uh, as entering average, and at the time I was one ninety five. Um, then you know you have your cruiserweight, which is two hundred to two fifteen. Heavyweight, you have your vixens, you have your tag team, uncapped tag team. So there's different there's different uh divisions you enter. I entered this one. I placed nineteenth at after battle bowl. Mm. Um. Going forward, you have a match every month, uh, which is like a ranking match, and I haven't lost yet in this division. I went, uh, yeah, I won my first three matches, mm-hmm. bowled my number one contender match, um, won that, and then I went on to bowl for the belt against someone who didn't lose in two years. Wow. Um, so this guy is the real deal, guys. Yeah, he was holding on to his belt for a little while. And <laughs> you took it from him. I had to, man. <laughs> he said listen, I had to. What a listen, jersey response. Listen, man. I had to. <laughs> listen, I had to. It was either, you know, somebody got to eat and I, I was a little hungry. Oh, um, man. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I bowled. It was the best match I ever had. Uh, not so far in scores, but in the competition as a whole. Uh, we went to a game seven. That was my first game seven. Um, he definitely made me earn it, for sure. He definitely, uh, he definitely made me earn it. And, uh. I just defended it last month in February. Mm. Shout out I, to you, man. I won it there, too, and I got to defend it, you know, defend it each month till Battle Bowl until eventually, you know, either someone beats me or I have to relinquish. Well, that ain't going to happen. You know what I'm saying? You, you yeah. ain't going to lose, Listen, man. Listen, I, I ain't got time to pay lineage, man. <laughs> <laughs> so if you don't win your match, you got to pay the lineage yes, for the sir. match. So loser pays. And, um, you know, I think for you, you know, the big thing – you know, that I've always liked is the fact that, you know, you're constantly trying to get better. So let me tell you, after I had got done shooting league on Thursday, and this is hmm. a story that I see, 
You know, I, I'm in the bar. I was drinking. I wasn't getting better. I was just <laughs> drinking, right? And here, you know, Chris shows up. He has his balls. It's about 10, 30, 11 o'clock, and he's ready to shoot games. And he must have shot about two, no, no, he must have shot about three or four games. And I came out after the second one. My man is drenched in sweat <laughs> at 11 o'clock at night. I'm like, what are you doing, man? He's like, man, I like the speed bowl, man. I like the speed bowl. But it's that, and, and I forget some, I don't know who said it. Actually, I think it was Elise had said it. She's like, so I guess that's what it takes to win the belt. Now, she might have been joking around, but that really resonated to me because I was like, yeah, that is what it takes to win the belt. You know, after you get done with league or maybe sometimes when you're not, you know, bowling, he still came in and practiced. So, like, how do you find that motivation that even though you have the belt to continue to get better so that you can keep the belt? Uh, it's, it's not even, you know, the belt is great, but it's more along the, the mindset of I have to get better. Um. You know, I, I want to be better than the next guy. So, uh, for me, it's even even after league on Saturdays, if I bowl a bad game or I'm lost, I'll, like, yo, I'll go up to Ann at the desk and be like, yo, can you turn on the lanes for me? I, I need to practice. Mm. I'll bowl two or three and, you know, figure out where I went wrong and figure out a shot. And the lanes are dry by mm. that point, you know what I'm saying? And I'm still trying to figure out a shot. It's just so that, you know, I stay fresh and I keep going and, you know, hard work beats talent, you know what I'm saying? Sometimes That's facts. So you got to just keep going. You got to keep practicing. You got to get better. Mm. And I think that's a, a huge thing for you to say is that hard work beats talent. I mean, you can have the best balls or the best equipment. You could be throwing a UFO phase three, but if you don't know how to throw that, what is it going to do for Absolutely. you? You know, so you know that that's huge, man. And I think another thing that's cool too is the fact that you know we talk about bowlers and we're on our own little like community, but you know we kind of fit into that niche. And I think that a lot of times with teams. You know, each team has its own vibe, right? Like, yeah. you know, you have Saturday night where, you know, people are in your face, but then you have something on Wednesday night for me where you might not be as in your face, but it's still very competitive. So I guess my question to you is, is like, you know, how 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 is it that you find, you know, that bowling alley or that league or that team that you like? How have you been able to find, you know, your place within such a vast bowling community? Uh. Mainly because I think I make friends really easily. Mm -hmm. I think I vibe with people really. I'm really easygoing and I'm, I'm humble. So it's like more along the lines, how would they fit around me? You know ah, what I'm saying? I like you know that. What I'm saying? I like, like that. Rather than me trying to fit with them, I want them to fit around me. So, you know, like like besides bowling and in real life, I have different groups of friends where, you know, I could joke about certain things with them. You know, some people, you know, you have to... Situation my, yeah, awareness. You, yeah, you know, yeah, exactly. Situation <laughs> awareness. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like on Tuesdays... Uh, I'm bowling in, in a league where the atmosphere is completely different from Saturdays. Oh, yeah. Completely different. Yeah, you have some people allowed, but it's more along, you know, one, it's a scratch league, and it's head-to-head. -head. So it's a hundred times more competitive because you have to beat your guy. You have to beat your guy. You have to get your point. Um, but you have to do that and have fun at the same time. So it's a little bit different than Saturday where, you know, you're bowling as a team and, you know, you, it's handicapped. So, you know, you have a little bit of leeway if you mess up. This one is like as soon as you mess up, the next guy keeps going. You got to pick back up somewhere, and you have to try to catch him. So, um, it, for for me to bowl around certain people, it, it's not really uh, it's not really tough. You know, everybody has the same goal. Everybody wants to win. So, that's pretty much how I see it. And I and I like also that you mentioned a, a different wrinkle in there too. Is that you know since I've been bowling for what the past, I've only been bowling for about three years now. 
But every league that I've been in has been a handicap league. And for some people that don't know, handicap means you get extra pins based off of your average, right? So I've actually never experienced an all-scratch league where it's just whatever you shoot is what you shoot. You don't get any extra pins. So, you know, besides that pins difference, is there really a huge difference as far as, you know, scratch bowling and handicap bowling? Is it a little bit harder with scratch? Or do you feel like it's harder to, to bowl handicap where you have to make up those pins? Uh, I feel like it's harder to bowl scratch. Um, mm. One, because you... When you're when, in the scratch league, we often uh, base lineups of who we're bowling against or bowling across from. So if I'm bowling somebody, if I'm 195 and I'm bowling someone who's 210, I already know that I have to accommodate, you know, those the, the 15, yeah, 15 pins that he's going to be better than me then. So now it's 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 the it's the thought that I have to strike or mm-hmm. I have to make this fair. Not oh, if I miss it, you know, I'll be all right. You know, I'm up I'm up on handicap. You know what I'm saying? So. With me bowling scratch, it makes me a better bowler because it gives me the pressure the whole entire game. Mm. I don't I don't have to wait till the tenth frame to strike or you know or mark or whatever. I have to be better than the guy I'm, I'm a bowling or, or lady I'm bowling across from at all times. Mm-hmm. So it's a little bit more uh, demanding. Handicap it's 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 not easy, uh, especially when you're giving up a lot. But at least you know what you're giving up. You know mm. you know what you have to make up for. Big facts. You know There's what I'm that saying? unknown factor. Yeah, scratching and scratch. Yeah. Somebody might be a 205, 210 average, but they can shoot 230, yeah. 240. Right. You know, you know and, and there's there's plenty of people in the league where they're 160 shooting 220. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it, it's the matter of fact you can't underestimate anybody at all ever. Definitely. But definitely not bowling scratch because anything is possible. Yeah. And I think you're 100% right as far as, you know, anything is possible any given Sunday, they say, too. Yeah. But, um, you know, one thing I definitely wanted to talk to you also about is that, you know, a lot of times, you know, we have bowlers and, you know, all we know about them is that they bowl, right? Yeah, yeah. So for you, you know, being Chris Shank, having the belt, you know, what else do you like to do outside of just bowling, man? Like, what are some of your other passions, man? Uh, I'm a, I'm a little bit of a gamer, I guess. Uh, it depends on what we're talking about. Uh, I work a lot. Um, I'm a sneakerhead. Okay, sneakerhead. Yeah. What's what's one of your favorite cops that you got? So uh, Bunny Eights. Mm. That's the goat shoe. That's my favorite of all time. Okay. I actually got, I, I'm not a big sneakerhead, but I got a pair of eights. I actually got a pair of aqua eights. Okay, yeah. yeah. So, you know, you up there. You up there with the aqua eights. All right? <laughs> my, my one pair of aqua eights. <laughs> listen, listen. I started with one pair, man. I started with a pair of spizikes. Really? Oh, I remember the spizikes. Yeah, Did you, know. you have them, Rob? You had... No spizikes. <laughs> <laughs> Rob was a, a dunk. <laughs> Bro, the way I got it was crazy. I was playing football my freshman year at Edison High School. And one of the kids happened to be my size, but, you know, his foot kept on growing, so he couldn't fit him anymore. So he gave him to me. Mm. And uh, I was like, yo, like, I was already, I already loved sneakers, but I couldn't afford them. So for him to give that to me, it just drove me even harder. I'm like, yo, whenever I get some money, bro, I'm about to cop some sneakers. Like, mm. I, it don't matter if I didn't have a fit for it. I got the sneakers. That's <laughs> exactly. all that mattered. Yeah. That's all that mattered. But, you know, I think that's a big culture now, man, is the fact that, you know, a lot of people do like sneakers. They do like seeing what's on other people's feet. I mean, now you have jobs on LinkedIn for for Bleacher Report kicks just to take pictures of people's sneakers, dog. So, like, you know, this sneaker culture is something that is it's been big since we've grown up. And it's continued to be big, man. And, you know, I, I've never really tapped into it myself. But, you know, how? what kind of got you started into that sneaker culture besides that first shoe that you got? Uh, 
uh, all right. So at first, I kind of was a hype beast. You know, what I'm saying you see people with dope kicks on and stuff, and it's like, all right, those are dope. I want those. But um, I started working at Champs mm. around my junior year, and I'm actually I'm still there. I've been there for like five years. Okay, shout out to and longevity. Like, yeah, right. And then like uh. You know, my mom loves Air Max 90s. She's always been Air Max 90s. My dad's always been, like, a Tim's and uh, an Air Force kind of guy. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Always classic with that. And then I had a couple family members, you know, always had the retros or something like that. So I was like, all right. So that's what I'm into. Like, I'm a Air Max, uh, sometimes Air Forces, but I'm more mainly Jordan. Like, my big thing is Jordan, phone posits, and a couple Air Maxes here and there. But uh, it's just something I picked up, and I've I just been in into ever since it's just and i you, can't get rid of it and that's cool man that you found something that you know elevate yourself also and then also you know kind of get you keeps you tapped into like you know that pop culture and yeah. what's hip out there but one of the things that guns that, that you know kind of runs parallel or hand in hand i feel like with the sneaker culture is the hip-hop culture as well too right so i guess you know we had somebody on the show last week in um you know, Tony Ward, who his name is Skilly, and he's making his own music. We had Zombie, Ziggity Zombie. I'm, I actually listen to him. I like him a lot. He's got good music. You know, what are some artists that, you know, you listen to, you know, when you're not bowling or maybe when you're bowling? Like, who are some artists that you're listening to right now? Believe it or not, uh, me and Tyree went to high school with a kid that I listen to a lot. His name is, uh, he goes by Chase. Okay. You know, Dakai. Dakai? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Chase. All yeah, right. uh, I actually like his music a whole lot. Like, I listen to it 24-7 whenever he drops something. I'm listening to it. He lives down the street from me. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm bumping him like I'm his biggest fan and stuff. Um, I'm a big Hobson fan. Um, Hobson, yeah, that's a throwback, man. Yeah. Dude, for, he was a weird dude, but I mean, he can spit. He yeah. can spit. I'll give you that for Yeah, sure. I'm a big Hobson fan. Uh, I, I mean, I like, I'm a little bit of a sucker for pain music. You know, those rappers that walk, talk about something real. I always fell a sucker to that. I listen to that when I bowl. Workout, anything. I'm always listening to that. Um, a little bit weird. I, I listen to some rock when I bowl. Okay. You know, I'm, uh, so I'm, I'm, I mix it that. up a little bit. I mix it up a little bit. We got it. We got a secret here. The champ listens <laughs> to rock. Yeah, listen. yeah. So and, and that's a good question. Let me ask you this. So, um, we had Land- shout out to Landis Crawford, who I think you actually showed up when last night at league. He shot 300 against. Shot against you shot Trey Bomb. I'm like, so, and. Oh, Shout out to Landis. I'm, I love you, man. But I was pissed off because <laughs> we won the first two games. Landis comes out, shoots 300, and we lose the wood, which means we <laughs> lost the total pins. So because it was a nine-point system, we win the first two games. You wind up losing four to five, right? And I looked at him, and the whole time he had his earbuds in. He wasn't talking to nobody. He was just locked in the zone. So, like, do you feel like that helps you out? Like, you know, you put in music to drown out everybody else, or do you feel like you need to hear that alley? Like, My, my biggest problem when I bowl is I tend, especially when I need help, I tend to listen to too much people, like mm. too much of what people say. So when I put headphones in, not only does it tune them out, it helps me figure out what I'm doing wrong because I'm not listening to everybody else. Mm. You know, you always have that one person who... Not saying that they don't know what they're talking about, but they'll say something. And you then should another, be switching balls. Right, right, right. Yeah. Or, or, or then somebody else will say something. I'm just like, okay, do both. I do both. It doesn't work. And then I'm frustrated. You know what I'm saying? When I should just be trying to bowl my own game and figure it out. When I need the help, I'll definitely extend the hand. You know what I'm saying? If, if, I'm, if I'm struggling, you know, I'll go to my dad or I'll go to uh, uh, Lucas or I'll talk to somebody or Trip. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? I'll talk to Trip or something. I'll be like, listen, this is what I'm doing. Um, and they know my game. So it's like, 
but them knowing my game is the best thing that could happen because going to someone who doesn't know your game and then they try to base it off their game. It, yeah, it, every game is different. And we've talked about right. that before. It was like, you know, you have people that barely walk out there, but they're average in 220s. Right. There's so many different ways to strike. And I think that's the thing that has kept me coming back and asking different people what they like to do because there's so many different ways to strike. And, you know, I hate to, you know, I've become such a geek with this bowling stuff because all I want to do is talk bowling. Right, I right, want right. to, like, you know, listen Absolutely. to people that are bowlers. And, you know, it's just really awesome. And one of the people that I really, you know, like is this guy, Harold. He bowls there on Saturday. Now, Harold's not exactly the best bowler, but he's somebody that is a student of the game. And I look up to him because he always is focused. You know, he's always thinking about the game. And he's always, you know, being positive towards other people, you know. And that's the type, when you talked about, you know, people that you look up to, you know, Harold's one of those people that I look up to because, there's a certain energy that you get from these bowlers and there's a certain, you know, vibe that you get. And, you know, especially when you talk about extending the hand, a lot of times it can be from a place where they're trying to base it off their own game. Right. But, you know, one of the things that he always had told me is just, you know, trust yourself, man, go out there and get it. And it's always been positive things. So is there something that like somebody said to you just tip wise, there was one thing that somebody said to you that kind of just stuck out to you that you've taken all the, with you? Uh, one shot at a time is always mm. the best. The best thing I could ever hear, Ma- mainly because if I'm off, if I if I start off and I'm struggling, mm-hmm. I'm still holding that throughout the game. I'm, and, then I'm, and I'm like, I'm trying to over adjust. I'm over. Uh, I'm overthinking. I'm like, oh, well, this lane is different than that lane. And sometimes I overread the lane. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's not that. It's not that deep. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes you could just take a simple thing, one shot at a time. Breathe. Um, you know, loosen up. You know, smaller first step, small things like that can change the whole dynamic of the game. And I have that problem often. I always overthink or I get frustrated. And it's like, one shot at a time, I got you. Yeah, man. And one of the things that, uh, shout out to Ed Bolkovich. He's a guy, a good bowler that I see at Greenbrook and Majestic. One of the things that he told me is, you know, you got to let the ball work. A lot of times we're out there trying to, you know, throw it hard or try to overcompensate. Trust your ball. Like Trust you your ball. But, you know, we pay $200, $150, $220, depending on how good the ball is. We pay so much money for this ball. Why not let that thing work, right? right. So, you know, that was one thing that he told me that's kind of stuck with me for a while. But, um, you know, one of the things that you have, too, like you said, you have this belt. You know, you've accomplished so much in such a short span of time with yeah. bowling. So I guess my question to you is just outside of the bowling alley, what are some of your goals or what are some things that you're looking to do like in these next coming years outside of this bowling? Uh, career, definitely. Uh, figuring out a career. Um, that's that's my main goal right now besides, you know, uh, we're exercising. Mm-hmm. Trying to go to the XFL, man. You know what I'm okay. saying? Oh, you're trying to go to the XFL? <laughs> I'm trying to go to the XFL. Can't hey, be, I, I don't want to get saying? tackled by you, man. I'll give well, you that. <laughs> listen, I, I, I miss playing football, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I wish I could have played longer, but... You know, life happens. You don't play, but if I mean, like I said, if I could uh get in, get in some kind of shape, and you know, maybe go to the XFL one day, I won't be complaining. <laughs> well, you know what? I think the big thing too is that um, you know, like we said, you know, just trying to find something you're passionate about. I mean, to think that I started out college my freshman year thinking that I was gonna work with computers, right? Like. That, that that wasn't you know that wasn't my thing I thought at first I thought that's what I wanted to do 
but it just speaks to how much time that it takes to find out what you like. I mean, I was 18 years old in Virginia studying computer science, and that wasn't something I wanted to do. And then when I transferred to York, you know, I found out, you know, I knew that I loved basketball, but I found out that, you know, I really enjoyed the communications. I enjoyed writing. I enjoyed reading, and I was big in philosophy. And then to go to Millersville after that, and find out that I really enjoyed, you know, sports reporting, and there were so many different avenues as opposed to just playing the sport, right? Absolutely. So the whole point that I'm just trying to make here is that, you know, in time, you just have to be patient with, you know, finding out what your passions are because, like I said, at 18 years old, I started out as, you know, trying to do something that I didn't really want to do to now having my own podcast you know, covering sports. I mean, I'm going to be at the Garden next week for the Big East tournament. Okay. And that's something that I really enjoy, and that's something that I'm super passionate about. So, you know, with you, you know, just take your time, you know, just experience life, try and find out what it is that you like, and just take it slow because, you know, everything, you know, doesn't happen instantaneous. And if it does, a lot of times it's not sustainable. Right. So, you know, you'll you, you'll find your way, man. Sometimes you just got to take your time, bro. I appreciate right? that. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, but, you know, I definitely want to thank you for being here on the show, Absolutely. Chris. Absolutely. It's an you honor. Know, even though you're, you know, younger than me, like I said, mm. I, I look up to you a little bit here in this bowling game because, again, you talk about being that humble person. You talk about just how much this belt means to you. And then, you know, to see with my own eyes the work ethic that you put in every single day, whether we're at league, whether we're not at league, whether we're at this alley, we're at that alley, you're so receptive to trying to get better. And that's something I think that we all as viewers out here can embrace. Elijah, whether you're playing basketball or whether we have other people that do cosmetics, or whether you have people that are trying to be the best nurse that they want to be, everything that you want takes hard work. I mean... I was so afraid to fail, man. You know, I, I didn't have this podcast for a long time. This, this should have been done two, three years ago. But the thing is, everything takes time. And when it is your time, you have to be able to take advantage of those opportunities. Absolutely. I mean, I've had people that I've asked to be on this show that, you know, haven't taken advantage of that opportunity. But do they, are they going to get that call again? You know, I had you who I asked you right off rip, and you were so excited, man. And yeah. I can't speak to, you know, how much <laughs> that meant to me. And that just really just spoke to the fact that you want to take advantage of an opportunity, man. And, you know, I just can't speak to, to the, the importance of taking advantage of those opportunities that you have out there and just being ready, man. So, you know, in my closing, you know, that I want to ask you before we cut out of here, you know, if you had any advice to give to your younger self or to maybe some of the younger viewers out there. You know, what 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 advice would you give your younger self or to anybody out there? Oh, uh, man, don't let nobody stop you from your dreams. Uh, keep going hard. Keep working, man. That's it. Stay mm -hmm. humble. Stay humble. There, 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 there was a point in time where I wasn't too humble about bowling. I, there was a time I didn't really care too much um, because I lost the connection with it. Yeah. Um, and I went in a slump and a funk, I guess you would say. Um, but you got to just keep going, man. Uh, whatever you suffer through now, it'll all pay off in the end. Hey, and that, I think that's a great way to segue out. I think we got to give everybody, give a big clap to my boy, Chris Shea. Appreciate you. Thank you, you so much you. for being on the Appreciate show. You. Rob, come, come on, have a seat here, too. We got to bring everybody on here. 
Sorry, where, where's the champagne? Where's the champagne? Where is the shots? All right, yeah, move it on over. We, we, this is a party, everybody. We we had we had a great <laughs> we had a great show here. I want to give a big shout out to Rob. You know, one of the best fathers out there. Awesome dude. Word word. Big shout out to my boy Chris here. Had a great show. I mean, how else can we have the number one? year anniversary of the Talk That Talk show yes, without popping some champagne or having some shots. We got Tyree here. Did you in here, Tyree? Look, Tyree's in here. <laughs> yeah, man. I, it, like I said, I got my whole family here. I got my friends here. I mean, this this podcast has is an extension of everyone, man. I mean, I have so many people telling me how much they love this show, Tell me about things that they want to hear about. I mean, you got different. You got a. You got a belt. You got a guy. You got the champ champ. on the show, (laughs) and it's things like that. You never know what is gonna happen on the talk that talk show. I mean, we started out as a sports show, and you know we've transcended into something that everybody can listen to, whether you like sports or not. I mean, I was talking to Lucas today. Uh, shout out to Lucas Leandro. Yes, sir. And he's actually a guy that you know drills a lot of our balls. Pause. But <laughs> <laughs> drills our bowling balls. But one of the things that he talked about is that he had a guy that uh, has a bowling podcast, and you know he loves it. It's cool, but you not might not want to hear about bowling all the time. And when you talk about the talk that talk show, you never know what you're gonna get out of this podcast. So that's why you always got to tune in each and every week because I promise you that's something that I made to myself is that I'm going to deliver you a quality podcast every single week regardless of who we have on the show, right? We got a we got a UBA champ here with yes, the sir. belt. We got an amazing father here on the show. We got my brother who's here right with me. I mean, who else would I rather have on this show? So to that, everybody Let's take a shot of the Douce. We got some Douce here. Cheers up, guys. Much continued success. We got the Talk That Talk show here. Mm. Wow. Woo! Hey, we're going to pop some champagne. We popping champagne. (laughs) It is the one-year anniversary of the Talk That Talk show. We got some Bel Air. Shout out to my boy, Ricky Rosette. (laughs) <laughs> Shout out to Ricky Rose for some good champagne. Alright, we got one some for the champ. Yes, sir. Everybody out there tuning in. Shout hey Tyree, can you pour these last two for me? Shout out to our boy Sharnice. Shout out to Parang Juf, Gerald Moore, Jeff Farrell, Elijah Boom Wells, Luke Blum, John Zapata, my dad who's not here, Matt Kuyumjin. Jody Byers, Mary Beth Heaney, Reese Smith, John Wydell. I mean, the Facebook live stream is booming as usual. It looks like you guys need a little bit more Bel Air. I'm yeah. sorry. We got we got to pour <laughs> we got to pour him up a little bit more Bel Air. A little I'm bit sorry. more. A little bit more. You know, we're we're not always like this. Uh, everybody out there, but you know what? When you're doing great things, it's okay to celebrate. All right, bowlers out there. If you're striking, don't matter if you want to celebrate. Do it. This is 2020. (laughs) Don't be silent. Do it. (laughs) 
And we're gonna take a little cheers here with the champagne. Last cheers here, guys. Thank you, everybody. Shout out to everybody out there on our Facebook live stream. Shout out to our sponsors, Executive Bar and Restaurant, located in Carteret, New Jersey. Shout out to VW Liquors, located in Edison, Wick Plaza. We do this for Dave at the end of the show. Let's go Mets! Let's go Mets! Let's go Mets! Yo, And then also shout out to Cody Bromley at 91s.com. He's got some of the best acid wash apparel in the game. Um, I'm just happy to be here, man. I got my whole family here. You know, my brother's here. Shut up. Oh, no. Oh, no. You don't want to be on camera because you don't got the fade. I'm sorry. I'm a couple weeks behind on my camera. Oh, no. Yo. But, you know, I got my family, my friends here. I mean, I feel like the, the, the richest guy in the world, man. I mean... The, the world is great when you have a full heart, you know, and my heart is filled today. I got all of you out here on the Facebook live stream. One more time, we're gonna cheers here. Thank you. And we're gonna, we're gonna keep the success train going, baby. The Talk That Talk show ain't going nowhere. Sorry, I was just saying. <laughs> we ain't going nowhere. So if you wanna celebrate with us, we may or may not be a stage house. You can check if you want. That place is in Somerset, New Jersey. It's become our unofficial Friday spot. So if you want, have a drink with us at Stage House. My name is Barry Holmes. This is the Talk That Talk show. Every week, you will have a new episode of the show. You never know who you're going to have here on the show. Shout out again to my boy Robin Santiago. Shout out to Chris Shank Jr., the UBA Northeast Welterweight Champion. My name is Barry Holmes, just a regular dude with a podcast, and we are out of here.